Amen. Hey, let's get into this, y'all. I'm excited. The reason is we're in week two of This is Radical, right? It's all about who we are as a church and the spiritual journey that we believe that everybody goes on as believers in Jesus, right? So we have four steps that everybody goes on. The first step is know God. Second is find freedom. Third is discover purpose. And the fourth is make a difference, all right? So those are the four steps that I believe that God takes each and every one of us on. And last week we talked about know God, but specifically it was how to hear the voice of God, right? We talked about how to get a vision for 2021 and kind of, kind of launched us into, we're talking about Vision Sunday and we're excited to be doing 21 days of prayer and fasting so that we can hear the voice of God more clearly, right? Because sometimes there's confusion, right? And we have to cut through the confusion, but then we can find clarity in the calm and the stillness of praying and fasting, right? And then we're able to help others and, and, and get past some of those barriers that we have to where we can't hear the voice of God. And so, but this week we're talking about finding freedom. And, and I said this last week, but notice that I had no God first and then find freedom, right? Because sometimes that's how God does it, right? He, he reveals himself to us and we find God, but then we still got some stuff, right? You still have some things that you're dealing with in your life every day. It's not like it just goes away with some magic fairy dust, you know, like all your problems are gone. Now that you're a believer in Jesus, we still got to find some freedom. And we believe that happens through relationships, relationships with, with God and also your relationship with each other. And so we'll talk about that today. Uh, but then next week, I'm really excited because we're talking about this discover purpose. And the question that so many of us ask internally usually is, what is my purpose? You know, like, what am I doing on this earth? Or what's my calling? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to take this job or this job? Or what, what's my purpose in being here? What does God really have for me? And so we're going to be answering that question, what is my purpose? And I think there's a lot to say uh, in the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about that. And so the last week is make a difference. And that is also coinciding with Vision Sunday, y'all. It all fits together perfectly. It's like a glove, y'all. Uh, so we finish our prayer and fasting on Saturday, and then we're talking about how do I make my life count? How do I make my life count? I know God, and I'm finding freedom. I know what my purpose is now, but man, how do I really get in the game and make my life count and make it worthwhile, worth living? That's what we're going to talk about on Vision Sunday for the step four of Make a Difference. So I'm really pumped about this series, and I hope that you are too. And if you haven't already uh, listened to last week, you can go on YouTube and check that out as well. Uh, but we're talking about finding freedom today. That's what we're talking about. And this one, I'm actually really, really glad it's weird. I'm really glad the, the, the crew that we have here today and, and, and the feel kind of, it feels a little, you know, like almost like oppressive outside. You know what I mean? Like uh, we were unloading today and we're unloading, everybody's getting rained on and stuff. And it's just difficult. We actually set up the church as fast as we ever have before. So we were able to kind of just sit and talk and hang out and talk about things that's going on in our lives. And I just love being able to do that. But when it's rainy and cold outside, you know, it's difficult to kind of get going sometimes. Uh, but we have to find freedom today in this place. And I believe that God has freedom from, from sin in this place, freedom from struggles that you might be having, things that you might have been struggling with for years, okay? Even as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, you might have been struggling with some stuff for years. And I believe God has a blueprint, has a roadmap for you to find freedom from those things. And when we talk about freedom, you might think of you know, like Russell Crowe with like the blue paint on his face and like the meme, you know, it's just like freedom. You know what I mean? What's the movie? Is it Braveheart, right? 
Yeah, Braveheart, Braveheart. I didn't even remember the movie. I just remember Russell Crowe, you know, screaming freedom, you know. Mel Gibson. Well, Gibson, Rob Russell Crowe. Oh, my goodness. Man, I need to go brush up on my classics. My goodness. Lord, help me. Jesus today. Oh, my goodness. I need some freedom, okay? Oh, my goodness. But uh, I do remember, you know, watching these movies, and it's funny. That's kind of what people think of. They think of this freedom, you know, and then like this war and this battle and stuff. But that's not really how our life is today right now. We're not in the middle of, like, warrior clashes with swords and stuff. You know, that was very relevant, you know, thousands of years ago. Today, that's not really necessarily what we need freedom from. We're not, like, fighting over our land or anything here in America, stuff like that. I mean, we kind of are on social media right now, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, that's a whole nother topic, y'all. But in war, there is a very, very good strategy, and it is to divide and conquer. That's a very, very easy way to conquer a large army. Let's say you have a smaller unit and there's a large army you're facing. It's like when there's no way we're going to be able to beat this army, maybe what do we do is is we split them up into smaller bite-sized chunks of people, and then we can defeat those people individually. Now, I believe that Satan uses these same tactics against us, right? He will divide us, and then he can conquer us. If Satan can get you alone, get you feeling alone, get you feeling depressed, anxious, whatever it might be, then he can conquer you a heck of a lot easier than if you are connected with other people. And so Satan's tactics, it's, it's found in John 10.10. He says, the enemy has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, right? Sometimes I think we, we, we love Jesus and we focus on Jesus and that's great. That's what we should do. But we also sometimes have to remember that we do have an enemy out there and his name is Satan and he has plans for you that are not good, that you do not want to step into. We want to step into the purpose and plans that God has for us. And there is an enemy and it's not your neighbor. It's not a politician. It's not anyone else in your life. And the Bible also says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're, we shouldn't be fighting against each other. Who are we really fighting against when we have all these arguments and divisions amongst us? We're actually really fighting against Satan, okay? Because he's the one that's causing all this division and all this stuff that's going on in our nation and, and in our families and stuff right now. It is tough. We have to just remind ourselves, okay, listen, like this person is not the enemy. Satan is the enemy. This person is a brother and sister in Christ. You know what I mean? Like we need to find a way to find common ground here in this season. And so Satan tries to divide and conquer and get you alone and feeling depressed, maybe in the season of quarantining, whatever that might be. But in our war against sin, in our war against struggles, in our war against Satan, God flips it around. And I think so many times we have to kind of look at how we do things in the world and how Satan does things, and then just God does it completely differently. Satan's tactics and our earthly tactics to win a battle is to divide and conquer, right? But I believe that God has given us a different roadmap and a different strategy for war against sin. And it's called connect and conquer. Connect and conquer. Somebody say connect. Connect and conquer. In Hebrews 10.25, in the NLT, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do not neglect meeting with one another. And I know that's a difficult thing to do right now and to say right now, okay? Because everybody has different opinions on what that should and should not look like. And I completely understand that. And it is difficult right now. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But when you connect with others, this is the main point. When you connect with others, you're able to encourage one another 
And I believe that through that encouragement that you're gonna be able to conquer the sin that you might still be struggling with in your life today. Whatever it is that you're dealing with in this place, maybe it's not even sin, it's just a struggle, just stuff that you're going through just in life. If you connect with somebody else, the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. So we need to connect with one another so that we can see freedom from sin and just be able to build each other up in our faith. We believe that freedom is found through relationships. Most importantly, through our relationship with God, number one, he is our source for everything. But number two, through our relationships with others. And so uh, the points today are really simple. It's just number one is connect. And number two is conquer. So if you're taking notes, the first point today is connect. And I know that a lot of people will say this. uh, I'm going to get super real with y'all today. Is that okay? Can I get super real? I I know like sometimes, you know, I, I might not be like the most, you know, polished or like, you know, I like to ruffle feathers sometimes. It's just fun. You know what I mean? So uh, I like to get real with people. Okay. And we're going to talk about what that means in just a little bit, but, but I hear people say stuff like this all the time and it doesn't really make sense to me, but it makes sense to some people. And I do understand, but they'll say uh, about about like a church size. They'll be like, well, I just want to go to a small church, right? I just want to go to a small church. Uh, those big churches are just too big, you know, like they're just too big. And, and maybe some of you might have said that before. You might feel that or think that. And, and there's good reasons sometimes for that. I think the, the large churches maybe for a lot of people can be terrifying. Have you ever walked into a mega church before? I mean, it is, it is kind of terrifying sometimes. I mean, I grew up at a mega church and so it's a little different for me, but even Nowadays, like I go into one of those large churches or you go into like a massive stadium, like Cowboy Stadium, right? And it is just mind blowing how large it is. And it can be kind of terrifying sometimes. Maybe people want to go to a smaller church because they can be more involved that way. And that's great. Uh, Have a leadership role that maybe you couldn't have at a large already established church. That's a good thing. Maybe some people want to have a personal relationship with the pastor. And honestly, I love the season that we're in right now in Radical Church, where we're able to really know people. And I'm able to know people uh, as much as I can. But as much as I do love that, and I love knowing every single person that's here, I actually think the exact opposite of that phrase, of, of going to a small church versus a large church. Why? I know it's difficult. But what I think is, is as a church grows, you should be reaching more people for Jesus, right? That's the whole idea is that healthy things grow, okay? We should eventually see lots of people coming into the fold that are finding Jesus. And you know what's really encouraging is just about every single week, somebody fills out a card that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time. And I'm able to personally call that person and and, and invite them back to church and encourage them in that faith and say, hey, come back, you know, and watch online, whatever you need to do, get connected with people because, man, this is the best decision you've ever made. And we want to help you through that process. Process. I love reaching more people and people that don't know God. And so as we grow, I would hope that we're doing that. Now, obviously, unhealthy things can grow too, right? Uh, bacteria, viruses, anybody? You know, that stuff can grow just as much, sometimes even faster than the healthy things do, right? So you have to be careful that it's a healthy kind of growth. And we're not just growing for the sake of growing, but that we're really making disciples here at the church, right? And that we're reaching out to our community, doing it the right way. But that's my goal is, is I want to see the church grow because that means we're reaching more people. Every person that's in a seat and, and people will say, well, numbers don't matter. I think numbers do matter. Why? Because every number has a name and every name has a story and every person 
has a purpose in Jesus Christ, right? And so that's why I care about stuff like that sometimes is I'm like, you know what? I want to grow and I want to have a big church and, you know, I want to see a ton of people coming. You know why? Because I hope that that would mean that we're reaching them and helping them in their faith in Jesus. Maybe even just providing a place for people to call home, you know, like Christians that have, that have been Christians for years, but they just need a place to call home. I want to provide that for people. But more importantly, our goal as Radical Church and I want you to know this, is we're going to be laser focused on helping people that do not know Jesus find him for the first time, okay? That is our goal as the church, and that should be the goal of every church, the capital C church in the entire world, is to help people find Jesus. And so what are people really getting at when they say that? I think usually what people mean by that statement is not a bad thing, but they're just saying at big churches, I might not know anybody, like, how am I going to make friends? Like, how am I supposed to know anybody if there's like a large church and I, I just can't get involved or I just don't really know how to do that? And, and, and to me, though, I told you I was going to get real today. Okay, y'all just better hang with me today because it's going to get really real for a second. So to me, the size, the size of a church doesn't determine whether a church is too big. Does that make sense? A church feels too big when you don't know anybody. It could be 125 people. You know, like on a normal Sunday, I think we have about, it's like 110, 125, something around there. It's kind of what we average, about 125 people, okay? And you can still feel disconnected. I'm sure there's some of you here today that might even be feeling that. And that's a feeling that all of us have felt since COVID has started. So many of us have been struggling with feeling disconnected. And even coming to church, I know it's difficult because you wear a mask and stuff like that, and, and it's hard. You might still feel disconnected. We don't really stick around. We're not really, you can't encourage people to hang out a ton, you know what I mean? Because we're like, they literally, the whole point of it is that we're trying to keep people safe and not congregate and all that. And so we're trying to do the best we can. But you can have 125 people and still feel disconnected. Or on the flip side, you could go to a church of 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 people, and if you have friends, it doesn't feel like that big, Right? It's the same way that if you go to a baseball stadium and you have, or the Cowboys stadium, you can have 20, 30, 40, 50, 70,000 people at a massive venue. But if you go to that place, right, you're not feeling alone at all. Why? Because you probably brought some friends with you, you know? Like you have friends that are sitting in the seats next, with, next to you and you're doing life with them and you're having fun and you're connecting with them. But on the flip side of that, how many of y'all ever been to a party uh, that you didn't know anybody, right? And it was like 15 people, like just like an awkward situation. Like I've been to a couple of those and it is just like so uncomfortable right? You walk in and you're thinking like, okay, like you got invited to this thing. It's like, I might know a couple people, but then your friend like is not there. And then you're like texting them like, where are you? You said you'd be here. It's like, oh man, like this last minute thing came up. I'm not going to be there. And now you're just walking into this room of like 10 or 15 people and you don't know anybody. Now for me, I could probably handle that pretty good. I'm an extrovert. You can tell I like to talk a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I love to get to know people. So I would probably do okay. But how many of y'all are introverts out there would be freaking out in that situation? You know what I mean? Like I know a few of y'all out there, y'all would just immediately turn around and be like, and nope, I am gone. <laughs> like I'm out of there. I am not going to this party at all. And it's just awkward. But I do feel like that sometimes we have a hard time connecting at church in the same way. You might walk in and you don't know anybody for the first time and maybe people don't really talk to you or you don't know where to go or it can feel awkward. There's lots of different things that can contribute to people not feeling connected when they go to a church for the first time. Or maybe you go for a while 
a month or two months. And, and, you know, people talk to you and stuff and people say hello to you, but you don't really ever get to know anybody. You know what I mean? There's a difference in really getting to know people. And after a few months, you're like, I don't know anybody. So if I left right now and never came back, would anybody even notice? Like, would anyone care if I left and never came back? Would anybody even see or reach out to me or, or anything like that? And this is the kind of stuff that I think of, right, as a pastor of people, as a pastor of people that I'm trying to help lead in connecting with God and connecting with each other. I know that I felt like that before in church when I was growing up. If I left this place right now, I don't know if anybody would say anything because I would try out different churches when I was in a season of transition. And, I, you know, I was trying to connect. It's not like I wasn't trying. Now, some people, honestly, they like to be anonymous, okay? Or they, they like to kind of just sit in the shadows, you know? Like, they come in, like, 10 minutes after church starts and they leave, like, five minutes, like, right when the altar call starts. They're like, and I'm out. You know, like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I understand that. There's some people that just are like that. But, man, there's some people that will genuinely try to connect. And there's just not, it's just not happening. And it's difficult, and so I, I know that there's people that ask that question all over the world, going to different churches. If I left right now and never came back, would anyone notice? Would anybody care? But what I want to say today is that going to church on a Sunday morning does not create real community. And, and the first thing that people might say is, I thought, Pastor, we were supposed to go to church. Yes, you're supposed to go to church. Okay, whether that's online, whether that's here in person, yes, like I do believe that the local church is the hope of the world, right? Jesus has given us this, this local church and he's given us a ministry of reconciliation, which is helping people find Jesus, getting connected. The Bible says in Hebrews, do not neglect meeting together. And this is a thing that we are supposed to do. It is a good thing, but I know so many people, man, that are just burned out on organized religion, I know so many people that are burned out on going to church and going to every single Sunday and not having a real friend. There's a big difference. Going to church does not create real community. And real community isn't just saying hello on a Sunday morning. Real community, I believe, is shaped in the other 167 hours that we have throughout the week. That's where real community happens with people. And normally, this would mean, you know, you come to church on Sunday morning, pre-COVID, right? You go to church on a Sunday morning, maybe you have a conversation with somebody and you get to know them a little bit. You're like, oh, like you like sports. Like, okay, that's cool. I like sports too. Or, you know, you like going to coffee or, you know, whatever it might be. You, you like, you know, golf or you like this, that, the other reading books and you kind of connect on something and maybe you get their number and maybe you go to, to lunch right afterwards. Like, you know, uh, you go out to, uh, not Chick-fil-A. Oh, goodness gracious. I wish Chick-fil-A's were open on Sunday. True, Kathy. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, but you go out to Chewy's or wherever it might be, to Applebee's, the restaurants. And you go hang out with the people. You get to know them a little bit better. Maybe you go to coffee with them throughout the week or on a weekend. And you get to the point where you're really friends and you invite them over to your house. And, and you invite them to dinner. You go to a movie. Whatever it is that you might enjoy. But I get a lot of these things aren't possible right now. They're just not, right? We're not able to do some of those same things that we would normally do at church. And I understand that COVID makes things really tough right now. But let me say this, and I want you to, to really let this sink in. It is vital for your spiritual development as a believer in Jesus to continue to connect with others regardless of the methods that we have to use. It's vital for your spiritual development. It's vital for you to conquer the sin and the struggles in your life that you continue to connect with other 
people. And I don't know about y'all, but I have some Zoom fatigue, okay? They're doing studies on this stuff now, right? How many of y'all have, uh, have to do Zoom stuff for work? Do you have to do Zoom stuff for work? Okay, oh, so a decent amount of people online, if you're watching, if you have to do Zoom stuff for work, let us know in the comments. Uh, I just am curious to see how many people have to do that. Or maybe your kids are doing online like school stuff and they have to get on Zoom or Google Classroom or whatever it might be. They're having to be online a lot more than we're used to. And I get it, it is annoying. It's frustrating. It's upsetting sometimes because we're like, gosh, I just wish I could just go have some coffee with somebody. Really, y'all, my extroverted self is, is having a hard time with it, okay? But we have to do everything that we can to stay connected during this season. Why? Because your spiritual development, your walk with Jesus actually hinges on you being able to not just connect with God, but also on your ability and your want to to connect with other people that are going through some of the same stuff that you are, going through things that are, or you're going through things that maybe they've already been through, right? Or maybe you're helping somebody else go through something that you've already been through. It is vital for your spiritual development. And so uh, that's the first point is connect. We need to make sure that we are connecting with one another. Why? So that we can conquer. Let's talk about conquering for a second. So the NBA season uh, has started recently. And you know, last season, I talked about this before, but I remember when everything got shut down as I was watching the Dallas Mavericks game. And I think everybody can kind of remember, uh, you know, it's almost, it's crazy. It's almost like 9-11. Like you kind of just remember where you were in that moment when, when everything shut down, right? When the whole world just stopped, you know, and everybody's freaking out, like what's happening right now, you know? And so I remember I was watching uh, the Dallas Mavericks game, and they were in the middle of the game, and then bam, it just got shut down. They're like, all right, everybody just go home, pretty much is what happened. And it was the weirdest thing in the world, and so many people were texting each other and calling each other like, hey, what's going on? Like, like what do we think's coming up? And we just had no idea. But the NBA season... Uh, last year was difficult, and they ended up doing the bubble stuff, and, and they, they played, and they started a new season. But here's what's really interesting. This season that they just started has seen some of the biggest blowouts in NBA history. A blowout is like you lose by at least 20 points, probably, I would say. 20 to 30 points, they would consider that, okay, like, yeah, you got blown out, all right? And normally, there's about 10 to 12% of games that are blowouts. This season has been over 25% of every NBA game that's played ends up in a blowout, like people just losing bad, okay? And they're trying to figure out, like, well, why is that? You know, like, what's the... It was the reasoning. Why are these people getting blown out? Well, teams are just like absolutely getting destroyed. And so, and that's double of what it normally is. So I think there's some obvious reasons. The first is last year was super difficult for the NBA and they, they had to transition and, and then COVID stopped their season. They were playing in the bubble in Orlando. Okay, I don't know if you kept up with the NBA at all. I know a lot of people aren't right now, but honestly, it, they were playing in this bubble and it was crazy. Normally when you beat a team real bad or like you lose real bad, you get to fly back home and sleep in your own bed. Uh, when they lost really, really bad in the bubble, uh, they saw the team, the guy that beat them really bad, like at the coffee shop right next door the next day because they all had to stay close together in this bubble to quarantine together. So the teams were just really discouraged, okay? Uh, and then they rushed into the new season to make up for lost time, which we really know means make up for lost money, okay? You know, like that's why they were really trying to rush into the new season. But it was taking a toll on the players. Right now, like you can see, it's taking a toll on these guys. And actually, I think Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers had something really interesting to say. And I think it, it illustrates what conquering really looks like. He says, being in these big arenas with no fans 
a quick turnaround from last season, you're going to have some people who are still getting their mind into the season. You're going to have some people who are looking around like, you got to create your own energy. There's really no true energy in the building aside from your pride and competitive nature. The passion and that fan energy is missing. If you get down by 17 or 18 in some of these games, you can see it. In the past, if you hit a couple shots, the crowd goes wild. The other team calls a timeout and a chant gets going. There's energy in the building. Now you get down 18 or 20, the only thing you can hear is the other team. You know, and those guys are probably just making fun of them at this point. It's like, man, we're owning you guys. Like, y'all are way down. You know, there's no fans to help encourage them in that moment. So that charge of teams getting back into the games isn't the same. That's why once a team is down, they pretty much seem like they're done so far this year. And I think that's why you're also seeing more teams getting down because it's a battle. It's not just a battle of physically playing, but it's a battle of getting into the game. It's interesting Getting blown out by 20 or 30 points, that's not just a defeat. That's called getting conquered, y'all. That is like destroyed. And there wasn't much of a battle there. But did you know in the Bible, it says that we're not just conquerors, that we are more than conquerors. Did you know that? In Romans 8, 37, it says, no, in all of these things, and there's a lot that goes along with that, but in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, through Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors. I don't care what is going on in your life. God is bigger than that situation. God gives you the ability to be more than a conqueror. We are not slaves to sin any longer, but we have freedom in Christ Jesus. Are you thankful today for the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus from sin? We're not a slave anymore. God has set us free. The largest Defeat in NBA history, really interesting. I didn't know this, but the largest defeat in NBA history was in 1991, and it was the Cleveland Cavaliers that beat the Miami Heat 148 to 80. Y'all, that is bad. Okay, that is a bad game. That is a 68-point destruction, all right? That is what we call conquering. And that is how it is for us and Jesus against Satan and sin. It's not like that you're just kind of squeaking by with a little margin of victory. It's like, oh, I barely made it by. God has given you every tool that you need to conquer the sin and the struggles that's going on in your life, to defeat Satan and his plans for you through his word, through his spirit, and through others around you. Not a small victory, a resounding victory, amen? And Satan is overwhelmingly defeated in our lives. Through Jesus, you are more than a conqueror, amen? More than a conqueror. I mean, these guys, these NBA players, they're professional athletes, and they're having trouble even staying focused and winning those individual battles that they have. Why? Damian Lillard said it himself. They feel alone. They feel alone. When they're down and out and they're struggling, they don't have anybody to get them back into it. They don't have a community of fans that are cheering them on, right? Lifting them up in that moment, helping them to stay motivated to come back and win the game. It's difficult to stay motivated, to push forward in your life, to fight the good fight, 
to conquer the sin that's in your life when you don't have people around you that are cheering you on, encouraging you, saying, hey, you can do this. What is God saying to you right now? Or maybe I have a word that I feel like is from God of encouragement and of love for you to lift you up and to build you up as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Man, it is important for us to be in community. Man, there's some people today in this room, I guarantee, and people online that would just absolutely want to lift you up and help you in your walk with God. We will start a chant in your name, right? When you're down and out, when you're not feeling good, when you're struggling with stuff, man, I want to make sure that this church is a place that will start a chant for people that don't know Jesus yet. Say, hey, we believe in you. We believe that God has a plan for you. We want to encourage you. We want to show love to you, man. We want to invite you into our family, into a real community. And when you connect with this community, when you connect with God, we believe that you're going to be able to conquer all that stuff that's in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. Amen? In the Bible, in James 5, 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Just because you say yes to Jesus we've talked about this, doesn't mean that your sin and struggles automatically fly out the window, right? There's not some, you know, magic fairy dust that is just like, oh, you sprinkle that and then all your sins and everything is gone and you just never have a problem with it ever again, okay? We're not a slave to sin, but how many of you know that sometimes we still got some stuff, we still struggle and we need each other to lift each other up in the midst of that. If we don't have people in our corner, we can't find healing, God takes us on the process of healing, but look how it happens through talking with a friend, a family member, a pastor about what's going on in your life. Confess your sins to each other so that you can be healed. Do we confess our sins to God for forgiveness? Absolutely, yes. But there's something powerful about confessing something to somebody else, saying it with your mouth to another person. You know what I'm talking about. It kind of lifts that, lifts your spirits a little bit. It's like, man, I got that off my chest. Like, I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to encourage me and to help me with that. Even just saying it, just already making me feel better, right? You know what I'm talking about. And that is so important. I feel like we've lost so much of that in the church. We lost so much of that. And I'm just going to go off my notes today. I told you I was going to be real. I'm sick and tired. I'm honestly sick and tired of people feeling like they have to come to church and have everything together. That's not what this church is about. If you have problems and you have stuff, you are just as welcome as the people who seem like think that they have it all together. You know what? I don't have it all together. Our worship team doesn't have it all together. Our whole rad team doesn't have it all together. You know what I mean? Like none of us do. That's the point is that we all need Jesus. You can come into this place with your struggles, with your sin, with your stuff. And man, we want to be that community that will lift you up and help you through it. You cannot find healing from stuff that you are concealing. You can't. If you're holding that stuff back inside and you're trying to hide in your sin, you will not find healing from it. I, I know that you think that you can. I know that you think that you can figure it out by yourself, but I am telling you, you will just drive yourself nuts and Satan will slowly take hold and he will get you alone and he will keep you alone and you will not find freedom from that thing until you start getting connected and then you can conquer that sin in your life. The best conversations I've had with people about God in my entire life, to be honest, haven't been at church. They haven't. Where have they been? At coffee shops, at on a couch, sitting with somebody, crying with my friends after a really bad breakup. 
helping me through that issue that I was going with in my life. I'm sure that you can think back to times that you've had amazing conversations about God and you've grown in your spiritual development, sitting across somebody, maybe who's been through something that you're going through right now, right? And they were able to lift you up and encourage you in that moment and say, hey, listen, I've been through this before and now God's given me the grace to help you get through this thing. Maybe you're, you've had this before where you're sitting with somebody like when I was in college and I remember we would be in the dorm rooms and me and my guys, we would just sit together and just talk about stuff that's going on in our lives. And we were going through stuff together. You know, we were all trying, you know, to live this life at college. It was all new and we were going all through this together. And so we would kind of help each other. When one person's down, we lift them up and then I'm down a little bit. You lift me up. We're doing this thing together. We're fighting just like those NBA guys, you know, like they're the only people they had around them at that moment is the other players, you know, like encouraging them, like, man, we got to go, like, let's do this, you know? And then lastly, maybe you could be that for somebody else. There's some people in here today that maybe you've gone through the spiritual process and you're, you feel like you're on step four and you're like, man, I really do feel like I'm making a difference and, and, and God is, is moving in my life right now. Man, I want to give back. I want to help somehow. How can I help? Make my life count. Maybe you can be that person sitting at the coffee shop, on the couch, with somebody, over Zoom, on the phone, whatever it might be, encouraging them with the situation that they have going on in their life. And Satan's tactics are so frustrating because his tactic is to divide and conquer. He uses that earthly tactic of dividing and conquering, and he wants to get you alone so that he can have his way with you. Just like these NBA players, what were they feeling? Discouraged, down and out, feeling alone. If I'm down, I'm just gonna stay down. You know what? I don't have anybody else to lift me up out of this thing. And there's a reason why marriages are failing at an exponential rate right now. Divorce depression, anxiety, and suicide are at an all-time high. Why? Because he's getting us all alone. He's dividing us, not just because of the virus, but also over politics, also over family arguments. It's not just like the families that are quarantined together, you know, like this family unit is all solid and this family unit is solid. Even the family units are arguing over things. You know what I mean? It's difficult right now. But we were not made to do life alone. I think that shows through everything that we've seen in this last eight, nine, 10 months, how long has it been now? I think that's what we can know for a fact is that we were not made to do this life alone. That's how God created us. He created us to do life and community with one another. And so here's my main point. We cannot let COVID stop community. We cannot let it happen. You just can't. I will literally not allow it in my life anymore. Why? You have to fight for connection. This is a war that we're in, y'all. We're fighting against good and evil here. This is Satan we're fighting against, y'all. We have to step up and realize that he's got stuff going on right now, and we cannot let it happen. We have to fight for connection during the season. Fight for relationships in this season. Fight like your life depends on it, because it literally does. Your spiritual walk and your eternity literally depends on your ability to connect with God and with others. And so this is the response that I have today. And I don't even need, I, I don't even need keys or anything today. I'm just, we're, it's like a family discussion. Are we good here, y'all? Okay, cool. Are y'all trailing with me today? Okay, all right. Some of y'all might be thinking, if I never if I left today and I never came back, if you're watching online and you're thinking, you know what, I'm online right now, they would never know if I, if I didn't watch ever again. Or you're in this place and you're like, if I left, would anybody really care? I just want you to know 
that we do. Like, I really do. I really do care. But more importantly than me or the people in this church that care, Jesus cares. God cares about you so much. He does not want you to live life alone. And if I can just be honest again, I feel like this is just like a honesty confessional for me today, but I miss hanging out with people. (laughs) You know, this is hard. I'm an extrovert. We've talked about this. Everyone knows it. It is not hidden, okay? I am an extrovert. I love hanging out with people. And it has been the hardest thing in my life to not be able to see people and hang out with people and connect with people in this season. And I know some of y'all are feeling the same way because I've heard you tell me. I've heard you say that. I know people that have moved in the middle of this thing. And it's so hard because it's like you move into a new city and in the middle of COVID and it's like, how in the world are you supposed to make new friends somewhere? It's just like, I, I, don't, I don't know how. And we're trying so hard to keep people safe. We're trying everything that we can to make sure that, that people that come into this building are safe uh, uh, from the virus and also, but we can still worship together. And it's exhausting, honestly, just trying to, to deal with everything that we've dealt with this last year. But if I can be honest, I'm at a place where I feel convicted now in my spirit because I feel like I have been using COVID as an excuse for a lack of connection in my life. And, and I feel like collectively, I think we might be able to say that we've all kind of in some way let COVID be an excuse for a lack of connection. And we cannot use that as an excuse for a lack of community anymore. I will not let our church stay in that place anymore. And I will not let myself stay in that place anymore. And I would hope today that you will not let yourself stay in that place anymore either because your spiritual walk literally does depend on it. And that's why I'm excited to tell you guys that we are starting something on February 7th, okay? Here's the light at the end of the tunnel, people. This is why I'm really excited. All of that was just to say this, if I'm being honest. We are starting rad groups on February 7th, okay? Rad groups on February 7th. Y'all give it up, yeah. Jeff and Michelle are gonna be leading rad groups and I'm really excited for that. Uh, and, and, and the point of all of this is, is will you commit to community? Will you commit to saying yes to connecting with others in this body of believers so that we can all grow in our relationship with God and grow in our relationship with one another so that we can have that real community and have some real friends that we can actually, like once all this stuff is over, I wanna make sure we have people immediately saying, hey, like we can finally hang out and get together. I love seeing people that have been connected through Radical Church that would have never met each other except for coming to this place. And now some of these people that are serving on the Rad team are really, really good friends. And I love seeing that. And I want to see more of that. Why? Because when you have those connections, you can find healing by the things that's going on in your life. Satan's plans aren't going to take fruition in your life, but you're going to be able to step into the purpose that God has for you that we're going to talk about next week in week three. And then you're going to be able to make a difference and really make your life count and help others to go through the same process as well. So commit today to not allow yourself to live life alone, to plug into a community, to strengthen your walk with God, and give you that chance to do the same for other people. Will you guys just commit with me to do that today? If that's you and you'll say, hey, I'll commit to that. I'm excited to do that. I want to get in community. I want to do whatever I can to be creative and get in a community, get into a group. Will you commit with me today to do that? I'm raising my hand right now. Will you raise your hand if that's you? Come on, that's awesome. Will you give it up for Jesus today? Because he's the one that's even providing this opportunity for us to connect like this. 
Man, that's really at the heart. That's what I wanted to get across today. And I appreciate you guys uh, listening to me like this. Have y'all enjoyed this today? I, I just like being real because I wish that people would talk about this kind of stuff. You know, like we need to be able to be real with one another. Come to the table with all of our stuff and let, just give it to Jesus, give it to each other, and just find some healing. Amen? Everybody stand with me today. We're going to pray. We have some more uh, info that we'll give you guys about Rad Groups that's coming up soon. Uh, we're having a leaders training. We have some groups already that are getting started, okay, uh, that, that are about to get their training going. I think next Sunday is when we're having our group leadership training. And then on Vision Sunday is when we're actually going to bring our group leaders up on, up on stage here, excuse me, and then we're going to introduce them to you guys and then tell you about the different groups that we have available. It's not even just men's and women's. Uh, we're also going to have financial peace. Uh, we're also going to have some different kind of specialized groups, but we'll have some men's groups, some women's groups online, in person, all that stuff. Whatever we have to do to stay connected, that's what we have to do. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you that you have just provided a way for us to not only meet together in person for those people that are able to, but also to bring in to the fam and bring into the fold those people that are watching online today. God, I pray that you would just bless every single person that's under the sound of my voice today. Would you give them favor? Would you give them community? Would you give them connection, Lord? Help us to be creative in the ways that we connect with one another. Help us to remember that connection is not just a superficial thing. That community is not just about us making a friend and just kind of hanging out. But it really does have an important role to play in our walk with you, God. And in our development, Lord, as Christians and, and, and helping us to find freedom from sin that's in our lives, freedom from things that we might have been struggling with for years. So God, I pray right now, if there's people today that are feeling alone, if there's people today that are feeling anxious, people that have felt like they don't have any friends or they don't have any community, God, would you make this the place where they can connect finally, God, after maybe months of feeling like this, God, and would you give them a peace and heal their heart right now, God, heal their emotions, heal their mind right now. Father, I pray that you would give them uh, an excitement to connect with people in this next season, Lord, and that we would all do our best to fight for our relationships, fight for connection, and we will connect and conquer. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, I love you guys so much.